Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Friends, Shug Burry here with Women's Hot Topics. You guys, we have a topic today where I asked you, what are some things you've seen or heard either from your loved ones dying or right before they have passed? I mean, do you ever wonder what happens to you right before you die? Do you ever think, is there more to life than this? And so we're going to talk about that today. What do people say or see right before they die? This is such a fascinating show. Why? Because what we're hoping is that you will see there's more to life than right here and right now based on those people who are crossing over from death to life. Um, I have asked this question and investigated with a lot of women in the health field, uh, people with family members who have passed away, co-workers. I mean, this is a show you don't want to miss. This is just fascinating. And I have a guest with me today, a wonderful woman named Lisa Engstrom, and she has had some fascinating stories in her life as well. We ran into each other one day and we just started to share these stories out of the blue with each other. And I decided we got to do a show on this. I mean, this is hot. And then we started uh, to ask other people and to investigate it as well. And so her name is Lisa Engstrom. Lisa, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here. We're going to talk. I'm so about- thankful that you're here. And, and friends, here's a little trivia. She bought my old house. Not that it was an old house, our past house. So <laughs> it's so cool to see uh, her living in it with her family and just blessing everybody with it. Let me tell you about Lisa. She is a former national and local TV news anchor and reporter. Now she shares the good news of Jesus Christ. She loves walking alongside women in Bible studies and in prayer groups. She served in church leadership and speaks to groups. She and her meat grilling husband, Kyle, (laughs) have been married 38 years, have two grown sons, a daughter in love, and their first grandchild is coming in March. I'm so pumped for you. I'm going to live vicariously through that. (laughs) When they are not at home, they're probably in their airstream camping in God's creation. Or Lisa is in the garden growing and drying flowers for her new business venture. Write this down, friends. True Vine Creations. I'm so Mm. thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, It's so fun to be here, my friend. And to have you back We have got so much content. We have so much stuff to talk about. Um, I really want to get in the meat of this. Uh, So I spoke with uh, many people in various fields, and there's a woman named Julie. She's a hospice nurse, and she talked about the most, most common thing she hears people say at the very end of life. She said, most people usually say, I love you, or they call out to their mom or dad who have usually already died. And she revealed there's something that happens at the end of life, which we call the rally, R-A-L-L-Y, the rally, she says. This is when someone is really sick and almost actively dying, meaning dying within a few days. And then suddenly they look like they're better. I mean, that happened to my grandma. It just seems like she was getting better right at the end, right when they were wheeling her in for the operation. And then, of course, she died on the op- before they put her on the operating table. She continued this rally manifests in a lot of different ways, but a lot of times they'll suddenly eat, they'll talk, they'll walk, they act like their old selves, they have a bit more personality, laughing, talking, joking, but then usually they die within a few days, and even sometimes that same day. Julie, the hospice nurse, says that about one-third of the hospice patients experience a rally. Have you ever heard of that, Lisa? Yeah, actually, my father-in-law. Uh, he had a rally. We thought, oh my goodness, he's getting out of hospice. He's going to be, he's coming home. Actually, he was going home. The next day, he um, he passed away in the hands of my husband. Had a, was holding his face as he passed away. Mm. But that, yeah, it's a, it's a, the hospice people really know all these stages that people go through. You can, you can watch it happen. It's fascinating. So yeah, and you have, seen, a, have you, have you heard of or seen any changes in people uh, toward their end days? Absolutely. Um, I'm like, is physically changes. Um, I, 
physically, yes. And I think also be watching for God. I mean, that's what's really on my heart is that um, he is working, he's changing, he's refining, he's revealing himself. And that's the passion on my heart is to pay attention. It's not just a series of, um, you know, physical attributes. There's a lot of things happening on the spiritual level as well. And well, and we'll get into that. But yeah, I've seen changes in their breathing, changes in the skin color. Um, you know, there's that death rattle that they talk about, that saliva at the back of the throat. Fevers. My dad had an uncontrollable hot. I put a cold compress on his forehead and take it away and feel it. And it was just hot. So, yeah, there can be a fever and because um, they lose the ability to control their body temperature. So, yeah, there are some physical changes that do happen. What do you think they see? I mean, what are some things that people have mentioned that they see? I think I've heard a lot of people say, well, just yesterday, um, a prayer partner friend of mine said her father was in bed and behind in the corner, he saw a bright light. And, you know, I like to measure everything against the word of God. And God in first John says, um, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. So he saw light. Of course, you know, there was an experience. So I think they, they see lights. Um, they can see, um, relatives that have passed on, um, friends, pets. Some people have passed on, um, spirits, angels. I've got a story about that later on that we can talk about. Amazing and amazing things people have seen. Um, the patients, um, just from some of the research that we've done, the patients are usually not afraid. It's very comforting to them. And they say those who have passed on before them are sending a message like, we're coming to get you soon, or don't worry, we'll help you. Most people love this and they're comforted by that. And it's not scary um, to them. And people in hospice have seen this happen all the time. So yeah, be, oh, keep your mind open and your eyes open. Stuff's happening. <laughs> God wants help. And what's next? You know, people wonder, I'm afraid to die because I think it's going to hurt. What are some comments people have made about the actual death process? Yeah, well, um, some of the comments that people made were people believe that death equals pain, that dying is painful. Um, but the hospice nurse tells us that this is just not true. The disease you may be dying from, that can be painful and cause pain, but the actual death is not painful, but it's actually peaceful. And I got to witness that with, as I was by the bedside of both my mom and my dad, um, it was peaceful. Yeah. You know, um, that gives us joy, you know, and a, a lot of hospice nurses will ask, they have great conversations with their patients because they're in their care for quite a while and they're with them all the time. And some of the mm -hmm. questions might be, you know, what brings you joy or what's mm -hmm. the most important to you? And it eventually leads Lisa to <laughs> what they had done, uh, you know, or what they wanted to do. I wish I had taken better care of myself. Uh, I wish I had loved my family more. And there's three common regrets that hospice uh, nurses have shared. And that was that they did not spend enough time with their loved ones due to years lost because of a disagreement, maybe. Maybe they got mad at each other or they didn't talk to one another. Uh, working too much was the second one. They missed out on too much family time. Uh, the third thing that they say is a common regret is lack of courage to pursue mm -hmm. the passions and desires they wished they had done. I wish I had done this, or I wish mm. I had done this. And so these are some regrets that they talk about. And fear, anxiety, and hope is probably the most prominent in the final days. Many have a sense of peace, yet there is a fear of the unknown for those who don't know God, particularly when they're not believers. And so that's a common thing nurses have said too. There's such a huge difference between somebody right before they pass, they know whose they are, which is Jesus Christ. They know uh, where they're going, which is eternal life with uh, God. And then there's those who don't know Christ, who don't have a faith, who aren't rooted in God's word and promises. And they die of fear and they're afraid. And hey, friends, I got to tell you, while you're still alive here, you need to investigate this and talk about it. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. But mm -hmm. that is the fear of the unknown that a lot of people experience. I have a dear friend. Her name uh, was Heather Little. 
Love her dearly. Uh, she was on my chairman of the board, him for her ministries, H-I-M number four, her ministries. And friends, if you want to have more shows like this, please go on our website. Please donate. We need your help. This is a listener supported show. Um, and my dear friend, Heather, she was with us all the way. I mean, she loved the inmates that we helped inside of prison and out. She loved the radio show. She had such a passion for Christ. And she was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, ovarian cancer. And she fought this battle for many, many, many years. And I spoke with her husband, Rob Little, about some of the last things she said or experienced or saw. Now, hang on, friends. This is truth. I mean, this is this is God's word uh, in her heart. And so he shared this with me. He said, Suge, um, she had a background of years with battling cancer, and she had a vision 10 days before she passed. Get this, Lisa, you're going to love it. Jesus took her by the hand to the top of the mountain, and mm. he lifted her up to a perfect perch that she could see. And there was the land of milk and honey. There mm. is your whole life, Jesus said, right in front of you, her eternity. And she told Chelsea, her daughter, this is the promise where you are going, is what Jesus had shared with her. Her end days, she was very focused on looking upward. Rob shared that with me. She would lay in bed and she would look upward. You could tell she was just concentrating on Christ, on where she was going, on heaven. And one day she was saying goodbye to everybody. She had this new burst of energy. She had been out of it for many days. And get this, her parents who flew in from the United States to Germany is where they were. She had been laying there for 10 days, um, really didn't do much, didn't say much, didn't eat anything. And her parents come in and all of a sudden she rallied. There's that word. Um, mm. They came from the United States to Germany to see her and she became extremely alert, even though she was on morphine and spoke with them. She rallied, she was uplifted, she was full of grace. Rob Little says, Heather's, with Heather, you could feel that she was full of life, even though she was on the edge of death. Mm -hmm. Like a combat soldier is what Rob said that this was compared to. Death creates an urgency. Death creates a clarity, a tension between death and life. And he went on to say, it was non-negotiable for Heather. She showed all of us that Christ carries us not only with the immediate diagnosis, but all the way to the end. And Christ is also there to carry us over from death, which is what we do here in this life. We're dying here in this life, but he carries mm -hmm. us over from death to eternal life, the promised land. Lisa, isn't that just amazing? What, what hope we have, isn't that? so kind of God to give her that vision and that she would share that vision. You know, scripture says what I whisper to you in the darkness, you should shout from the rooftops. Mm. I mean, we are wants these stories to go out and to encourage people and what that did to her daughter, Chelsea, I can only, it chokes me up. Wow. And now she's seeing it firsthand. Your sweet it, friend. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, and, you know, Scripture is just so clear in Revelations 21, 4, it says he, as in God, will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain for the former things have passed away. And what a beautiful vision from a woman who suffered so, who went through so many treatments to battle this cancer. She was a fighter. She was a combat warrior is what she was. And she still lived between that tension of life and death. I mean, praise God that he was with her. So, Wow. What a story. It Thanks is. It is. You know, as I was talking to Rob, he, I asked Rob a little, I said, is it tough to talk to her about death? You know, and, and this is what most commonly people say. Death is rarely easy with a loved one. Many of us feel uncomfortable even saying the words. This is not what Rob said. This is what the hospice nurse says. Death mm -hmm. or dying, when someone asks them to share memories, experiences, it honors the dying person. And a lot of hospice people do that. They honor the dying person by, tell me a little bit about yourself. And they start to talk mainly about their family, about their experiences. 
Lisa, you have had that opportunity with your dad who passed since his name was Norm Craven, and you taped some of those conversations. Can you share those with us? Yeah, well, I knew he was, I knew he was dying. I knew um, that both my parents were burdened for the unbelievers in their family. And um, I was burdened by it. And I knew that somebody had to speak at the funeral. And I thought, you know what, they're, they've already heard me. They're not going to listen to me. And I actually felt an impression from the Holy Spirit that said, he's going to talk. Get your, get your phone. He used to do this. He used to be a, you know, a, an anchor, a reporter, start taping him. He's your, he's your interview. And um, I'm telling you, Kyle and I, my husband and I walked into um, his room one night and he was absolutely overcome by the Holy Spirit. It's like what's happening in As Asbury, Kentucky right now, the revival. It felt like a personal revival for him. He was overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit and he was absolutely worshiping. It was a three hour visit and he was praising God. He was in the, you could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. He was talked about um, the, his amazement at God's free gift of salvation. And um, so I started taping all this stuff. He would wake up from naps. I'd go on another visit and he'd wake up from a nap and he'd go, I keep hearing it over and over again. I said, what are you hearing dad? He said, that thought keeps coming back. Jesus is alive. And I'm, you know, that's so in line with scripture. Jesus says he's the resurrection and the life, you know, 500 witnesses saw his resurrected body ascend into heaven. Um, he is alive and he is the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father, but through him. And so I just, it was just, it was a building up of my own faith to hear my dad declare what was spoken to him in the darkness. He declared it um, for everyone to hear and to build everybody's faith. So I started taping these things and I want to share it with you guys. So um, yeah, it was just so good. He ended up speaking at his own funeral. <laughs> He brought the house down. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. Um, so yeah, he spoke truth. My quiet dad became um, an evangelist in the last two weeks of his life. And God just gave him a glimpse of heaven and he shared it with us. Um, you know, that night that uh, that we pushed it, that I, um, he was worshiping and I was taping him as he was talking about salvation and the free gift that's sitting on our lap. How could anybody refuse it? Um, I pushed him in his wheelchair because it was time for dinner into this cafeteria with a bunch of people with dementia. All their heads were down. They just looked forlorn. And my dad, out of the very center of his core, said to each one of them, do you know how loved you are? Do you have any idea how loved you are? And that, I think, was the biggest takeaway was my dad's glimpses of heaven and his interaction in the spiritual realm were all of love. God's love. God says, you know, first John four, he says it 43 times, I think in that book, um, or in that chapter, he, God is love. And, um, and I just, I, I think that the, that's the overarching theme and it's a biblical one. I mean, you go back to Genesis, I heard a pastor describe it this way that, you know, life in Genesis began with belovedness and uh, with communion with God and with one another you know, before sin came and we were made in love and for, for love, by love, for love, by a beautiful and a kind and a loving God. So, um, the fact that my dad would come back and testify to the love of Jesus, um, it just was incredibly encouraging. So I hope that we can, we can look at some of this right now. You know, he'll talk about, he'll talk about Jesus is alive hearing that. Oh, and he also had a glimpse of heaven. Um, he said, <laughs> he woke up from a nap and he said, wow. And I said, what's, what's going on? He goes, it's big. And I said, what's big? And you know, my dad who used to sell gigantic metallic buildings said, it's a big operation. He said, private. <laughs> I said, what was big about it? He said, the love. And he knew, you know, I asked him, what's the source of that love? God, where was that coming from? And he knew it was God. It was Jesus. And um, so he was relaying back to us that there was forgiveness and that you're welcome here. And he just said, it's not small, it's big. So let's take a listen. And it was the most beautiful thing I've ever had in my life. What? A gift mm. of love. 
Why could you not want that? Some people just can't accept it. It comes too easy. It's, it is too easy. It belongs with us. Lord, help us to understand that. The Lord has blessed us so much, and I thank him every day for each one of you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. What do you think of that? That's fantastic. I like it. Mm -hmm. What do you think it'll be like? Heaven. Yeah, what do you think heaven's like? Well, it's so much different from everything we've got. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to base it on. You have to imagine it. Whoa, that is so powerful. I mean, you think about this, you know, days before someone passes and they experience these visions, they see these things. You took a quiet man, like you said, and he became an evangelist for Christ. And, you know, it, it's just so cool. My dad himself, uh, Leland Gologly, he was in the hospital two years in a row, almost to the day um, of situations that almost took his life. And he just had a whole new, renewed power. Like he was sharing with the nurses and he's praying over people. And, <laughs> and this was not my dad normally. Well, now it is, of course, because he had that experience. And praise God, he lived through it. But it, it's amazing how you have such a revelation and a boldness like you've never had before. Well, how come, Lisa, we can't have that today? Why do we have to wait until our end days? Exactly. That's why I think we really need to pay attention in these, you know, when somebody's going through this and to live now, if you're a believer, to live now, like, you know, there's going to be rewards for you in heaven. There'll be crowns for the service that you've done. It's not, we're not saved by our works, but we certainly are rewarded for them later on. And um, it gives us some meaning, you know, just the, 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 in light of eternity, it really makes today more meaningful. You know, when mm -hmm. you mentioned the threats that people have before they pass, it just breaks my heart. You know, what is it? What, what, what am I not saying yes to that God wants me to say yes to? Yeah. If you feel that prompting, friends, uh, pay attention to it. Uh, you know, in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You are saved. It's that easy. You are saved. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. None of that. It's when you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and don't wait on this. You guys, I'm so excited about this. Yeah. Let me tell you, let me tell you about my grandpa. Uh, his name was Lon Gologly, and get this. So not that men are driven by food, but this was like the perfect example of it. <laughs> uh, my grandpa, uh, shortly before he passed away, days before he did, he looked out the farm window and there he saw his mother standing in the window with a hot baked pie. And he points <laughs> her out. He goes, look at mom is standing there with a baked pie for me. I mean, it was just so cute. I just absolutely loved it. And there's a bunch of other stories we're going to share with you. Yeah. Well, my dad actually, um, he woke up from a nap once and he said, did you see grandpa? And I said, no, did you? And he said, mm -hmm. and then that was it. You know, how kind of God. And I, I really believe that um, scripture says that we are going, we're not going to be ghosts floating around up there. We're going to have bodies. We're going to have resurrected bodies like Jesus's body was re resurrected. That's what scripture tells us, you know, and, and, you know, we're going to recognize people. Look at, well, look at what happened to, um, to Moses and Elijah. Um, you know, the disciples were on the Mount of where Jesus transfigured and they saw and they recognized two guys from the past that they had never seen before, didn't know their names, but they knew who they were. And I just believe that, yeah, we're going to, we're going to recognize people up there and that our relationships now matter for eternity. You know, they so. really do. I'm really hoping I can see all my puppies. I loved all the, every dog that we had. Um, yeah. Deb had shared, I lost my mother and my brother in the last year. My mother, when she passed, she kept saying that all she could see, get this, Lisa, mm. is angels everywhere. Is that wow. amazing or what? Yeah. Angels everywhere. Another woman named Kelly, she shared, my dad told everyone 
that his time was up and death was coming the night before he died i personally she herself saw an angel in his room i told the hospice nurse and she asked where i saw it when i told her she said that anyone who has ever described an angel has always said the same exact thing to her and i wanted to stay the night with him and she said sometimes people want to pass away without anyone around so i told him before i left i was going to go home being respectful of that just in case he wanted to pass on his own well the next morning she comes back he's still alive she gave him a huge hug and a kiss and held his arm and assured him that she was there and that she loved him and mm. then get this he took his last breath and passed mm. away that's the grace of god wow you know my uncle don also saw angels um my cousin Margie was telling me about it. He was laying in bed in hospice, looking all around, darting back and forth like this and smiling. And she said, hospice nurses are so wise. <laughs> you know? She said, uh, are you seeing angels? And he said, yes. And then he went back on his bed and the next morning he passed. Wow. Oh, it is it's so awesome. I can't wait to see it. And friends, when you read the Bible, it talks about heaven and hell and life and death and angels and spirits you guys it is the most amazing drama you have ever read in your life it's like the greatest soap opera ever written i mean it's just amazing but all of it boils down to what one thing god's love for us how much yeah. he loves us i just yeah. I love that. you know hebrews 1 14 talks about angels you know are not all angels ministering spirits um to serve those who will inherit salvation. Angels are a real thing. Um, Matthew 18, 10 talks about guardian angels of God's children. They encamp around those who fear him and they show you know, themselves. Lisa, a common question I get, and, and I'm going to pose it to you because I know you know the answer. When we die, do we become angels? No, no. I used to think that. <laughs> uh, no, angels, scripture tells us that we are actually above the angels when we get there. And um, they are they are ministering spirits, is what Scripture says. They are set out to do the they keep their face on the Lord. They do the Lord's work, but we are different. You know, goes right back to Genesis. We were created special and different. Yes. We are and, created um, in His image. Exactly. I love the creation. So, yeah, no, we're not the same as angels. No, we no. You know, we have multiple stories to share with you guys. I hope you stay tuned. You keep listening. Uh, Leslie uh, told me, uh, she said, my dad passed and towards the very end, he reached out his arms and said, mom, I mean, you hear people who talk about their relatives that way. Have you heard that before? I have. I have heard that. Um, I love that. It just, you know, we, we see them um, if they have, if they've received Jesus, if they're believers, those are the ones we're seeing. In, in heaven. You know, there's a woman named Beth, and she uh, was a long-term care and end-of-life care nurse. And she said, I've witnessed a variety of beautiful God moments. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. I'm not very good in that area, but I think it would be super cool as a hospice nurse to just see all that God is doing in and through their lives. And she said, this, she, she had a whole bunch of comments for me. I loved it. And I'm going to share it. It's okay if I share a little bit with you. Let's mm, hear. She said, there are differences between those who did not have a relationship with Jesus. They have less peace, fear of the unknown. At the end, almost seemed scared. She couldn't always tell who was believers or who wasn't. But um, she would often ask if they would like prayer. And if they said no, she said the whole atmosphere in the room changed. It wasn't as peaceful and it went all the way down to the patient um, where there wasn't such a peaceful passing um, and they almost seemed scared. And she goes, I, this is all from uh, what she had shared with me. I remember each passing vividly, the most impactful, get this, was her own 92 year old grandfather. He fought hard before he passed. He went on, oh, this is so romantic. He went on dialysis just to stay with his Alzheimer's wife so he could live longer. And at the end, she said, we are all in the room. He didn't want us to see him pass or to go. So we prayed together. Tears were in his eyes. Oh, I love this. Tears were in his eyes. And then his eyes went glossy. Then they went clear blue. 
And he looked above himself and said, wow, isn't that beautiful? Look, look at that. Look at that. Oh, go get my <laughs> shoes, he said to Beth. Go get my shoes. And Beth is confused. Like, I have to get your shoes. And so she asked him um, why wow. he needed his shoes. And he said, look at how long that road is. Now, he has seen this vision in front of him when all of the family is in the room. And as he is staring almost through us, she said, he raises his arms out like he was almost going to embrace like a big hug. He had a smile, wow. huge smile on his face. I just love that. And all of a sudden, he says hi to somebody. And he says, hello again. Let me introduce you to my granddaughter who's been taking care of me. So he's seen oh. somebody uh, in the, in, you know, through that thin veil of the spirit world, he's seen somebody he knows and he's wow. introducing his granddaughter wow. to this person because she had taken such good care of him. Wow. So then he said, okay, okay. You guys, as he looked at us, she said, you guys got to go. And so he shooed us away with his hand. She said, I went behind the curtain and watched him. He knew wow. I was there later. I got a call within 15 minutes after leaving, he had passed. He had such peace reaching out above him, such a beautiful moment, such peace we cannot describe. And oh. he loved Jesus. Mm. Wanted to get his shoes on and run down that path towards him. Got <laughs> time for you guys to one. <laughs> I love it. You know, scripture talks about that. I mean, it talks mm. about the beauty of heaven and what to see and what to expect. It, it was just absolutely amazing. And, you know, in Luke, Jesus says, as he's hanging on the cross to the robber next to him, you know, people often ask Lisa, how much time mm. do I have before I go to heaven? Do I go to mm. purgatory? Do I hang out for, you know, years and years and years until the second coming? And this is what scripture says about our soul. He looked at the robber next to him as they're hanging there. And he says, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. wow. I mean, that moment they're going to paradise. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. He understood. Mm -hmm. He didn't, uh, he didn't need to do a whole lot of works. He understood who God was. He understood who Jesus was. He understood his own sinfulness mm -hmm. and he was, and that's what it takes. We have to understand God. We have to understand our need for a savior. And then he reached out and, and Jesus promised him that he'd be with him forever in Amen. paradise, the place he's preparing. I love Can it. we even imagine what that looks like? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It says in John 14, uh, Jesus was comforting his disciples. He said, let not your hearts be troubled believe in God, believe also in me, in my father's house. There are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to go ahead and prepare a place for you? If mm. I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may go also. And so as a believer, friends, as saying yes to Jesus, as inviting him in your heart, he is going to prepare a room for you. And if you have not done this, I got to tell mm -hmm. it like it is, Lisa. If you have yep. not done this, friends, you are going Rachel. to hell. And there is no place for you in heaven, in a room with God. You are separated from God because your sin has separated it from him. And without going into too much length on this, when we sin, we rebel against God. God is holy. He is perfect. And he cannot be yoked with someone who's sinful. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He's just waiting for you to say yes to him and invite his son into your heart, who will anoint you, who will cover you in his righteousness. Your sins are forgiven. And now when God looks at you, he says, job well done, good and faithful servant. Come on home. I have Amen. prepared a room for you. Amen. Amen. He gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what makes you new spiritually. We're born spiritually dead, as you said. And we need a savior. And we've got to get to the point where we humble ourselves. And we realize that and we receive. Like my dad said, that free gift. It's sitting on your lap. It's, it was an expensive gift. It was an expressive gift. 
and it's um, nothing that we deserve, but he and his love, once again, his love, he reached out and he gave us that gift and said, this is the way, you know, mm-hmm. and who are we? No, I prefer a different way or many ways. No, he was loving enough. Yeah. He doesn't send anybody to hell. He wants all to come, but we choose, we, we choose to go there by our decisions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We do. Yeah, and, and, you know, just to give you a heads up, a little sneak peek, friends, we're going to do another show on um, people who have died and come back and who uh, have gone to heaven and come back. You know, they had a near death experience and what they said and what they saw. And then those who went to hell and back and what they said and saw. And I don't put a ton of weight into that. But when you compare it against the lens of, of the Bible, of scripture, of what God says in it, it's an amazing show. We can't wait to come out with that. Would you join me on that, Lisa? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is, this topic is, it's God glorifying, right? As we tell these stories, we want to honor the people that we tell the stories about, but most of all, we want to honor God. He's at work. He's refining in these last moments and, um, and he's warning us because he loves us. Mm -hmm. We have, we have choices. We're not robots. You know, Mm -hmm. he gave us a choice, choose me or don't choose me. And uh, choose him like we're talking about, it's, it's amazing. We have no eye has seen, no ears heard what he's prepared for us. Beth had a couple more stories for me as a hospice nurse. She said, another man's family could not be there as he died, which is really sad. He was in a deep sleep. And by the way, she said, even while people are sleeping in hospice, they can hear you. Yes. Uh, they're conscious of your presence and they can hear you. I, I was shocked to hear that. As a hospice nurse, you can tell the signs that death was near. He was alone. So I punched out. I was done with my shift and I sat by his bed because I knew he was going to die soon and I didn't want him to die by himself. I called mm-hmm. his family and on speakerphone, they spoke to him and they shared with him that it was okay that he left. It was okay that he died. He had been waiting for them, Lisa. He passed mm. away a few minutes after his family told him it mm. was okay to go. Yeah. You know, I I um I believe that. And I believe that God is in control of our very last breath. They may have given the okay, but it was God that had the final mm-hmm. say in that. I mean, it happened with my mom as I laid on by her bedside as she was dying I looked at her and I looked at the clock and I said Lord how much longer and he the Holy Spirit just pointed my eyes toward the two o'clock mark in the morning and uh, it was a half an hour later 206 that she passed away and um, it just once again built up my faith and made me realize he is in charge of our very last breath Mm-hmm. But isn't that so kind of him to and put that impression on your heart? It's going to be two o'clock. No, that doesn't always happen, friends. But in this, of course, Lisa has got direct access to God. Like they are like this. <laughs> but I, I like- think that's super cool that, uh, you know, that God revealed that to you. And that's exactly when he passed away. You know, to be a hospice volunteer, you know, hats off to you guys that are doing this. I, I couldn't do it personally. Uh, I'm not very medical. I can pray for people all day long. But um, as far as that medical field, hats off to anybody who works in the healthcare industry with people who might be passing or dying. I mean, I just think you guys are amazing. And more of us need to be volunteers. Have you ever been in a volunteer position in something like that, Lisa? Not like hospice. I've been around those hospice nurses and they, I think they're angels on earth (laughs) in human flesh. I mean, um, just that is a real gift, a gift of mercy to be able to sit alongside somebody. And you know what, as a kid, I used to cry myself to sleep worried my parents were gonna die. I was afraid of death. I hated going in nursing homes. To have me sitting by the bedside of my parents and to walk alongside with my mom. I never did tell you the story about my mom and before she passed, God gave her a dream. So to be able to walk alongside that um, is truly holy ground. Makes you wanna take your shoes off. Um, but do you have time for me to tell you about my mom? I wanna hear about it. Okay. so. Um, it was after my dad passed away and she died. My dad died on his birthday. And by the way, the, uh, the, um, hospice nurses that were there saw, um, they backed up as he passed away. They backed up in the corner of the room. They said they saw an aura around where my dad was. And an aura around your dad. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, before he passed. And they said they had they hadn't seen that very often. So um, I thought that was another gift. But 
um, God gave my mom a dream. And it was a dream where um, I didn't understand the meaning of it, but I sent it to my friend, um, my friend who's an intercessor and understands dreams a little bit better than I do. And she said, she knows nothing about my mom, but she said, does she have a, is there some kind of unforgiveness going on with this, this, these particular people? And I, I looked at my mom, my mom was an insomniac, did not sleep well. And um, I said, uh, is, you know, do you, do you know about anything? Is there anything along these lines with these people that you have unforgiveness? And she started to um, tell me the stories. And my mom has gone through a lot that most people would have a hard time forgiving. And um, that she had acted as though she had forgiven, yet she wasn't sleeping and she had some illnesses. And so I believe, um, you know, scripture says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. And I think that's what God wanted to do in my mom in these last few days. He, she was, she was tired. She was weary. She was burdened. And he says, come to me. And so God gave me the privilege of sitting alongside her as we went through this dream and she learned she had some unforgiveness. My friend gave a key to the, that unlocked the door. She sat there and confessed and confessed. We just gently put these people in God's river of mercy and let them go. And she, um, realized that they he would deal with them and she could have forgiveness and i watched her as she confessed and had different we we're both tears were streaming down our face as she was confessing these different things and she looked at me and she said can i keep doing this i said yeah you can have at it so she ended up sleeping that night 13 hours and she woke up the next morning and i happened to go visit her again and she had the nurses in there the doctor was in there they were all laughing she was back to herself she looked burden free. She looked like she had some peace. And, um, so, you know, I think that was, and then there was some, um, a sibling of mine who they had kind of a, a strained relationship. Um, that person came, she asked for that person, that person came in, left their job, left their job and came in and they were able to mend and forgive and to love. So I just think there's so much, so many ends that God wants to tie up and, um, so much, you know, forgiveness. He wants us to be forgiven and to forgive others. And so um, that was just a real miracle to witness with my mom. And so maybe there's somebody out there that um, has some forgiving to do or, you know, search my heart. You know, God is a God of love who wants to lead us in peace. He wants to lead us in freedom and in life, and he can handle the heaviest parts of us. And so um, I just love Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. He wants to lead us, um, and he is a God of love who wants us to be in freedom, and I just saw my mom freed the weeks before she passed away. It was beautiful. You know, friends, if you just listened to Lisa and her story about her mom and her confession. It's really uh, what I call, I, I think confession is an intimacy with God. And it's hard to do, friends. It's hard because you just want to hold that grudge or hold that unforgiveness. But it's amazing that when you start to confess to God um, and ask for forgiveness for this, 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 all of a sudden your mind becomes flooded with all the things that you need forgiveness for um, in, a, in a beautiful way. And after you're done, you just feel like, I loved what you said, Lisa, a river of grace. They let it go. She let it go down that river of grace um, as it filled the room. And I think that's such a blessing. And friends, if you're listening to this and there's somebody on your heart that you're like, oh, I got it. I got to forgive them. I don't want to, though. I mean, I don't want to want to. So ask God for the want to, to want to, to even ask for forgiveness, to forgive this person. Uh, even though they may have wronged you, even though that you might feel you're in the right, um, when you hold a bitter root against them, you're not loving them like God has asked us to love one another. And I think that's really crucial and important, especially if you know a dying person and they're holding this grudge, would you do me a favor? Pray it up, give it to God, and then go in there, meet with them, pray with them, and ask them, would you like to forgive that person with me? Mm. And it's amazing, the light that will happen, just like what you did, Lisa. That's super cool. I love it. Great story. Great story. There's a hospice volunteer, uh, Cindy mentioned, she's a hospice volunteer, and she learned in, in their training that 85% of people dying wanted to talk about faith, yeah. 
God and the afterlife. I believe that. We're so afraid to talk about, my mom loved to talk about uh, death, what was going to happen. And this was in the months before. It was just in her older age. She said, what do you think it's going to be like? We had such fun conversations talking about it, but she was a believer. You know, I imagine that, um, you know, death is hard. We think, like we said, it's going to be painful, but um, that's our real home. That's where our citizenship is, is there. Shouldn't we be thinking about that and, you know, preparing in this life for what's to come? And we don't know how long we're going to have. It could be, you know, could be tomorrow. And so other hospice nurses have said, it's an injustice if you don't share with your loved one that they have a terminal illness. Some people, they never tell. And then they mm. said, have you made arrangements? And, and the family's going, what are you talking about? Like they didn't know. And so uh, I think it's important to really just lay it out on the table in a loving, kind way. Uh, this could be what the result is going to be. And let's talk about maybe what the options are. What is, um, you know, what are your dying wishes? What What are some things you want to talk about? And you guys, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's something to talk about. And I think it's important that you pray on it first before you uh, present that conversation too. I oh, loved sorry. what Sandra shared. She says, my 97-year-old father, 97, what a long life. Wow. <laughs> She said, my 97-year-old father reached his hands up. Now, we've heard this before already today. Smiled and said his sister's name, which is which is his daughter. And he said she, he had passed away, that this daughter had passed away 10 years earlier. And it was so comforting that he got to see her before he passed away. Mm. Love that. We will recognize people. I believe it. We will. We will. We got one left to share. Do you want to share it? Yeah. And then Laura Marie, she said that uh, my grandma saw her husband and family members days before she passed. Mm -hmm. What a hope we have. It does. What a yeah, hope we have in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. You know, my relationship with my parents and your, you know, Laura, Laura Marie and all the grand, all the people, all the stories that we've told just now, you know, our, our relationships are interrupted. But um, we haven't lost them. If they're believers, we know where they are. And um, they are experiencing the joy of Christ's presence in a place that we were, we were made for. And it was a place so wonderful that Christ called it paradise. Mm -hmm. And friends, I don't want you to forget, it's a common verse you see it at football games, sports events. But you really, have you really thought about it from the perspective of life and death? John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, meaning he loves you. He loves everyone that he gave who his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have Jesus Christ. Or, I'm sorry, but have eternal life. And I know a lot of you are thinking, oh, well, Shug, there's many ways to heaven. There's Buddhas, there's this and that and everything else. Uh-uh. The road is narrow, friends, and it is only through the work that Jesus came down. He paid our penalty. He set us free from sin. And there's nobody else who has done that except for Jesus Christ. He is a living God. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for you, friends. He's talking about you. He's look at Jane over there, or look at Judy here, or look at Leslie here. I mean, whatever he's saying, he wants to intercede for you. Let's bless them. And all he's waiting for us to do is to turn to him to invite him into our hearts. How hard can that be? He's already done all the work. Um, Romans 14, 8 says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, it's a win-win. We are the <laughs> Lord's. I love that. Lisa, yeah. you have been such a blessing to be on the show. Thank you for oh, joining us. Thank you for having me. It's so good to talk about what God's up to, what he's doing. And to witness I, it. Tough. I know. And this is stuff people don't talk about. I mean, our, our friends were really excited. They can't wait till, uh, you know, we started uh, recording this and they're really super pumped about it. So please share it, friends, with your other friends. This is uh, eternal work. You don't have to even say a thing. You just can say, hey, this was a cool show. And they're talking about death and life. I think you should listen to it. Um, so I think that's just such a powerful just a powerful image. And of course, in Psalms, uh, Psalm, uh, a verse that is very common, but yet so powerful. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
And some of you might be in that shadow. Some of you might be in a depression. Some of you might be thinking about suicide. Some of you might be living uh, a long-term terminal illness. But it says right here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Friends, you got to rest in Christ. There is good and evil in this world. There is persecution from the enemy. He prowls around like a lion. But I want you to know that you will fear, you will not fear evil, for you are with me, he says. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, meaning he's guiding us and he's lighting our path along the way. I can't wait, Lisa, till we do the next show on near-death experiences and what people oh. saw on the other side and they come back to share. Would you please pray us out, dear? I would love to. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Jesus, our Savior. Lord, if there's anybody here, it's just really on my heart. If there's anybody here who uh, who thinks uh, they're saved, but they're, they're really not. They really haven't given their life completely to you. They haven't said, Lord, you be, my, be the Lord of my life. Lord, would they confess right now? Would you bring something to their mind that they need to confess? Would they confess to you that they love you? And that they want to be with you forever. And they want the gift of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want many to be saved and to be with us in heaven. Um, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for the stories, Lord. I thank you for how you show yourself. What an amazing God we are, that you are. And um, I just pray that you would bless this conversation and that you would use it for your glory. Because we want to um, we want to tell people about you. Um, so I just pray that... Um, I just thank you that in your grace, you gave us Jesus that takes us through that doorway of death into the joy of our long tomorrow. And I pray that, um, that we will be all there with the person whom we were made for in the place for which we were made. And that's heaven. Thank you for the gift of heaven. Thank you for the gift of your precious son, Jesus. Help us to receive it and to, uh, to give you all the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This was a hot topic, friends. Stay tuned for the next one. Women's Hot Topics with Sugbury. You know I love you. Over <laughs> and out.